0: Hello and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you would like to connect with me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram at builditandblossom or check out builditandblossom.com for more hello my friends how is it going i'm doing really really well thank you for asking i really appreciate it i had a really nice relaxing weekend that left me feeling very recharged going into the work week so that is amazing and part of the reason why i i feel so great and had such a great weekend is because i finally set a little time aside for myself which is great. And if you've been listening to the past couple episodes, you know that I have been feeling very overworked. Definitely feel like my work-life balance is... A little out of whack <laughs> so this weekend I just did some stuff for fun and it was really great I got coffee at my favorite coffee shop I went to a nursery where they sell plants and I thought about buying a plant and then I walked around the neighborhood and thought more about buying the plant that I saw and then I got some ice cream and it was really great the flavor was Thai tea and cookies and cream swirl and then I walked around the neighborhood some more and then I went back and I bought the plant and then I brought the plant home and I looked at the plant and I thought, oh my God, how am I going to not kill this thing? And then I sat on the couch and I watched a little HGTV and it was really, really nice. And you know what? I did not feel guilty about taking that time for myself. And that is pretty new for me. So this whole topic that we've been exploring time management and productivity, it's really been helping me make some changes in my life. And I hope if you're listening along, you're starting to experience some good changes for yourself too. Anyway, let's dive right into what our episode is all about here. So, yeah, we are right in the middle of our series on time management and productivity for solopreneurs and small business owners and self-employed people and really everyone. It applies to everyone. And I started this series to explore in real time my own relationship with time management and efficiency. So, in episode 22, just to kind of recap so we know how we got here... (laughs) I described how I started my online career. And it began for me as me monetizing my graphic and web design hobby. And that was back in 2013. And at that point in my life, I was also working on completing my master's degree. I was also working part-time in a coffee shop. So I had a lot going on. I was very, 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 very busy and I had to run a very tight ship. And efficiency was my middle name, friends. My schedule, it was so jam-packed. It was so so structured I virtually had no free time whatsoever and I spent two or so years like this and believe you me I was exhausted now of course I eventually finished my degree I quit the coffee shop job and now my monetized graphic and web design hobby has transformed into a full-time career which is amazing I am my own boss I am living the dream, my friends. But what I have found is even though I fully and completely create my own schedule, I am completely in charge of where my time goes, but I still don't have enough free time. I am still prone to overworking myself, and I still feel like there's never enough time to get everything done. But and this is super crazy, I have kind of started to notice that I have a tendency to get more accomplished the less hours I work. Within reason, of course. It's not like I'm getting 20 hours of work accomplished in only two hours. That would be complete madness. But I find that I don't really accomplish that much more if I sit at my desk and work for 10 hours versus only sitting there for eight hours, which is weird, right? And I noticed that, and that had me asking myself, like, where exactly is my time going? What am I doing with my time? So in episode 22, what I did is I proposed a time tracking challenge, and what I have been doing for the past two weeks, and maybe you too, if you've been following along, I've been using a time tracking app to record where all of my time goes. I've been documenting everything that I spend my time on, how much, you know, what exactly I did. I've left very detailed notes for each time entry that I have recorded. And I already had been doing this for client work. Actually, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I didn't always turn it on for client work. Sometimes I would forget, and my clients would end up getting a lot of freebies. So that's not a really smart business move, but I'm working to remedy that. But so for the past two weeks, I've been making sure that I track all client work plus my own personal time. And everything is grouped into about nine categories, ranging from business upkeep, like bookkeeping, to personal relationships, like FaceTiming with friends. So that was episode 22. And then in episode 23, we dove deeper into the concept of productivity shame. And oh my gosh, you guys, productivity shame, it is a doozy. And I highly recommend you go back and listen to episode 23 if you haven't yet because we're picking up where we left off at the end of that episode. But just to recap, productivity shame is that bad feeling you get when you feel like you just haven't done enough, mainly because you don't have a clear definition or idea for what enough actually is. In that episode, we dive into busyness and we talk about how, especially here in the US, we tend to think more highly of people in a way, who work long hours and are busy than we do people who live a life of leisure. We admire those busy people more than people who have tons of free time. And there's a theory out there that puts forward the idea that we feel this way because we associate characteristics like ambitiousness and competence and being in demand with people who are busy. And everyone pretty much (laughs) wants to be viewed as ambitious and competent and feel smart and like they're highly sought after. So loading up our schedules and working all of the time, it just kind of seems like the thing that we need to do. And I truly believe this is a huge reason why we experience productivity shame when we're not working ourselves to the death because we are trained that we need to be busy in order to be valuable people. If working lots of hours makes us seem like we're ambitious and competent and in demand, does that mean that sitting on the couch binge-watching Netflix makes us a lazy, incompetent, dime-a-dozen person of little to no value? No, like, of course not. It probably just means that we need a freaking break. But we're not robots. We're real life human beings who have complex emotions. And so it's not so easy to use that logic and reason with an emotion such as productivity shame. So when we are binge watching Netflix on the couch, instead of being like, you know, I really need this this time off. I need this break to recharge. I'm not going to feel bad about it. A lot of us are just sitting there feeling guilty and we're feeling like there are a million other things that we probably should be doing instead right now. And that's a real problem. So I ended episode 23 saying that in this episode right here today, we would be discussing how to deal with productivity shame, as in how do we overcome it? How do we binge watch Netflix and not be riddled with guilt and feel like we're a lazy sack of hot garbage? Well, clearly the answer isn't crystal clear because we need another episode here to talk about it. But here are my thoughts, okay? Okay. Joseph Burgo is a PhD. He is a psychoanalyst and clinical psychologist, as well as an author. A very well-rounded human being, right? I never met him, but I did see a picture of him on his website, and he is basically Stanley Tucci's long-lost twin, The Glasses and Everything. So he's published a bunch of books, which all look super, super interesting, but full disclosure, I have read absolutely none of them. Why? because I'm just too busy to read. And I actually do mean that I don't have much free time, which is how this whole podcast series that I've been doing here started. So Joe argues that shame is an entire family of which there are four main members. And these four types of shame are referred to as the shame paradigms of which most all humans experience. So let's talk about what the four paradigms of shame are. The first we have is unrequited love, which of course is when our interest or affection for someone else is not reciprocated. Been there, done that. Am I right? Hello, seventh grade. Our second paradigm of shame is exclusion. And that's when we feel like we're on the outside of a group to which we'd like to belong. Also been there, right? Hello again, seventh grade. Our next paradigm is unwanted exposure, and that's when something personal that we would like to keep private is unexpectedly revealed, like when people from my real life first started listening to this podcast. And our fourth paradigm of shame is disappointed expectation, and that's when we fall short of our goals or expectations that we've set for ourselves or people we respect have for us. And again, all of these types of shame, all four of these paradigms are feelings that basically every human being experiences. Shame is normal. It's a normal emotion. We all have it and we're going to continue to have it until the aliens come to take us away. But according to Joe Burgo, Stanley Tucci lookalike, our responses to feeling of shame are often unhelpful. So me saying something like, yeah, like I didn't really like him anyway when my seventh grade crush rejected me isn't helpful. It's basically just a defense response. It's a defense mechanism. But resilience to shame is where it's at, and we should work on building that up. Now, when it comes to the four paradigms of shame, I would say there's mainly one here that comes into play when we think of productivity shame. I would say that productivity shame is a type of disappointed expectation because we are falling short of our goals and our expectations or the expectations that others or even the society around us have for us. And here's part of the problem, friends. Remember in the previous episode how we defined productivity shame as the feeling we get from not doing enough, often because we have no clear standards for enough? Well, if our goal is simply doing enough, but enough isn't defined, enough doesn't have a ceiling. So of course we're going to fall short of it, right? There's no way we can achieve it because we don't know what it is. So to deal with productivity shame, we have to define what enough is, and we can do that by setting goals, even if they are small goals. Now, getting back to what Joe Bergo, PhD, says, he argues that you can build your self-esteem through setting and reaching goals, and then you can celebrate your pride and joy and achievement with others. And if this is true, I think it's ever so important to set micro goals for yourself that you can reasonably achieve on a regular basis. Set yourself up for success. Set yourself up so you feel good, right? (laughs) Because so often we have these big, giant, massive, lofty goals. I have quite a few myself, right? Dream big. And these massive goals are certainly important to have, but they aren't all that we should have. Why? Well, because us humans are prone to something called the completion bias. And this completion bias explains how we have a tendency to feel compelled to complete a task once we have started it. But it's impossible to complete massive, huge projects and achieve these big goals quickly. And we humans also are bad at estimating how long tasks will take. So achieving our big goals oftentimes takes way longer than we expect it to. And we often feel overwhelmed, we feel burnt out, and we feel like that big huge goal is completely out of reach. So while these big lofty goals are important to have, they can also kind of set you up for disappointment if that's all you have. So what do we do? Well, it's really quite simple. We just break the big goals down. We create micro goals that are reasonable to achieve and also get us closer to completing our big goal. So if my big goal is to launch a course, I absolutely need to break that down into smaller, more manageable chunks of micro goals. So if my course has 13 different lessons contained within it, When I'm building it, perhaps my micro goal for one week is to create lesson one. And if I'm smart, I will probably even break that down into smaller micro goals as well. So maybe one micro goal for the week is create lesson one slide deck. And another micro goal is write lesson one notes and film lesson one video and create lesson one supplementary materials. And then if I plan to accomplish each of these micro goals every day of the week, and I actually do that, I follow through, I stick to that schedule at the end of the week, I've done it, right? I can cross micro goal of completing lesson one off my checklist and I've completed what I set out to do. With micro goals set, we now have reasonable expectations for ourselves. We have a definition for enough. And as we check these micro goals off, we can look back on our work. We can look back on our day, our week, our month, and we can see that progress is indeed being made. And that gives us a huge boost in morale. And it also gives us motivation to keep moving forward and complete the next micro goal. It gives us that sense of accomplishment that's oh so rewarding. So that is step one with dealing with productivity shame. There is a step two, and this one unfortunately is a little bit more difficult, okay? But it's really important. Part two is untying our self-worth from our work. And what even is self-worth? Well, self-worth is the recognition that you are a valuable human being who is worthy of love. If your self-worth is tied to your work or how much you produce, well, my friend, it is time to reframe because, repeat after me, you are worthy of love. You are worthy of love. I'm laughing because I am sitting in a very small closet on a deflated beanbag chair saying, you are worthy of love over and over again. And if you could see me right now, I think you would laugh too. But you are, you are worthy of love, you guys. So I am willing to sit here and say it in my closet as many times as you need to hear it. But for now, I'll say it one more time. You are worthy of love. Now, as a solopreneur or a small business owner or a self-employed person or whoever you are, You need to recognize that. And also, you need to recognize that there is a lot that is outside of your control. Take, for instance, the pesky Instagram algorithm. The algorithm is super, super weird, you guys. And I hate talking about it. I'm really not a big fan of social media. But I really feel like I need to be on it for what I do. Like, I'm in this world. But I don't enjoy it. And so I once spent hours making an Instagram Reel. video right and i don't feel that i am particularly good at making these reels either so it took me a while i was very self-conscious when i was doing it i was not feeling very confident and when it came time to post this reel i was very apprehensive about it and you know like it's gonna be like my face out there in the video like talking for potentially millions of people to see and I know that the goal of posting something on Instagram is for people to see it, but millions of people watching me and like seeing me and judging me, I'm not about that, you know? So I didn't really want millions of people to see my reel necessarily, but maybe a couple thousand so I could kind of feel like one of the cool girls, you know what I mean? So anyway, I posted it, was hoping to get a couple thousand views on it maybe, ended up getting 150 views one, five, zero, which is certainly not a lot. And it's not even what I would consider a good amount. And I felt ashamed about this. I felt like the biggest loser on earth because I spent all this time on this video and it's my face and I'm not feeling really confident about it anyway. And then it kind of flopped and that just sucks. It's a crappy feeling to deal with. And I was just feeling pretty low for probably the rest of the day and maybe even into the next day because I'm a sensitive person, you guys. So anyway, you know, I I forgot about it a little bit. Time passed and then a month later, boom. This video, this Instagram reel started getting views out of nowhere for no reason whatsoever. The only thing I can think of is the algorithm is freaking weird. And so I ended up, after all, getting my couple thousand views on this video. But I wasted a whole lot of time feeling bad about myself. For what, though? Because, like, the algorithm was weird and Instagram didn't prioritize my video until a month after I had posted it? Like, it's it's stupid. And having your self-worth tied up in something like how many views or likes your Instagram reel gets is madness. Even though, if you live in this world, you know it's oh so easy to do. So I just want to remind you, your sense of self-worth should not be determined by your social media likes or views or your follower count because you can't ultimately control those things. And furthermore, your sense of self-worth should also not be dependent on how many items you can check off your to-do list or how much you can produce or your title or even how much you get paid. Any of those things. No, like those should not be tie into your sense of self-worth because your sense of self-worth just needs to exist independently of those factors. If it doesn't exist independently of those factors right now, look within and do the deep personal work that you need to do to build that independent sense of self-worth up and untie it from those things that really ultimately shouldn't have effect on it. And once you've got that great sense of self-worth going, do the deep personal work to keep it there and maintain it and strengthen it because it's so, so important. And I know that's easier said than done, but you've really got to find your own way with it. Now, I know there is so much more to be said about all of this, right? We could talk forever about shame. It's a complex emotion. We could talk forever about building up your sense of self-worth because it, it goes really deep. But everything that we discussed here today, I am going to say it's sufficient enough for me to answer our original question of what is productivity shame and how do we deal with it. I think I'm good with what we, what we have here on this episode. So, we deal with productivity shame first by setting goals for ourselves. We break our big, lofty, sometimes seemingly out of reach goals down into smaller, more achievable micro goals. And then, step two, we work on untying our sense of self worth from our work and how much we produce. And we work on building up an independent sense of self-worth because we are worthy of love no matter how much we work or how many hours we put in or how much we produce. Before we end this episode completely, I do want to acknowledge that last week I asked you to pay mind to when you are multitasking and if you're doing meaningful work or just busy work. And the reason I bring this up is because busy work kills productivity. And it doesn't generally help us accomplish our goals at all. So we're going to get into that in the next episode. Don't think I forgot. That's why I wanted to bring it up. And then also in the next episode, I think it will finally be time for me to share my findings with you from my time tracking challenge. So if you are following along with me and you have been tracking where all of your time goes as well, um, feel free to keep tracking that time for one more week as well. More data is always good. I think it's a really good learning experience to see where your time is going. And the longer you do it, the deeper your insights are going to get. So, so feel free to keep tracking your time along with me for the next week. Now I want to end this episode on an action item for y'all. So let's go with this. This week, I want you to take one of your goals and I want you to break it down into smaller micro goals and this could be a business goal that you're breaking down or it could be a more personal goal or it could be a combination or it could be multiple goals whatever you want to do just take one goal that you have for yourself that seems pretty big and maybe even feels a little out of reach at times and break it down into smaller more achievable micro goals All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bite Size Strategy. I hope it was super helpful and that you've been enjoying this series on productivity and time management as much as I have enjoyed making it. And also remember to follow along on your favorite platform. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and you can also always visit builditandblossom.com for more brand building tips like this. All right, you guys, that's a wrap. I will see you next week.